0: Same way for years. We need to change. Hello and welcome to the Moving
1: Iron Podcast. Pass the bell, with Chip Melger. Chip, uh, we are live today uh, from not looking at my screen on my computer. Actually, got got the big screen out so they can see you better now, Chip. Oh, that's, uh, that's scary.
0: Keep, uh, play this in your sheds. It'll keep the mice away. <laughs>
1: All right, well, it looked like uh, the market's had a pretty positive day. It looks like beans were up fairly good, corn was up fairly good. So it looks like we kind of had a little rebound in the marketplace.
0: Yeah, at least stabilized here. Uh, nice double-digit gains in, in beans. You know, I can read a lot into it. We closed 11.5 higher in November. Uh, that was almost, uh, I guess it was 9 cents off the highs. So at one point, we were up over 20 cents. Uh, paired those gains back a little bit. Uh, corn up a half. It was actually four cents off the highs, so we had a good day working there. But but came back and, and closed water. a Couple things that work here. Um, I I would say three. Number one is still the forecast and weather. Uh, so far, now around here, um, our best chance of rain in the last four days is today, like this afternoon and tonight. We'll see how much falls. It's humid. It's all get out. So there's going to be some some storms at some point in some place. But to this point, uh, it's 2.10 central time, if you compare what was in the forecast to what actually fell up to this point over the weekend and, and so far on Monday, uh, it, it hasn't been as good a coverage or amounts as what was in the forecast uh, Thursday, Friday. Um, you know, we'll, we'll reassess this again in the morning to see what this overnight rainfall was and how widespread and, and the totals. So that's one thing that's maybe at least stabilized us this, this We need rain, we need rain in the dry areas, and not all the dry areas have got rain yet, so it still matters. Uh, Second thing, I think there's starting to be a growing consensus. Maybe it's a hope at this point. I don't know. I I don't know there's anything concrete news-wise that have come out yet in this case, but so it's maybe more of a hope at this point that the uh, European trip that President Trump was on is now over. He's on his way back to the United States. Uh, There was um, uh, like a House... Agriculture subcommittee meeting that was today to discuss tariffs. Um, it's a big issue, obviously, in farm country. Uh, so I think that there's starting to be a growing consensus that there is some pressure on uh, Congress and the House of Representatives um, from the ag sector that, boys, let's focus on this. We haven't had any news for essentially a month. Um, let's focus on this. So I think that there's a growing hope. now that the president's back he has this trip behind him um that he's going to focus it's going to be high priority and that there will be some movement at least some talks and negotiations before this next 200 billion dollar um tranche of uh, tariffs are set to go into effect the end of august Uh, that would coincide nicely with my small brain also saying if they get something done by the end of august that gives them a little momentum uh, going into the midterm elections um, so it kind of starting to fit logically as well that, Hey, the next uh, six weeks here, really important. Let's focus on this. Let's get it hammered out and let's get some trade deals done. And, and if so, uh, we are vastly underpriced in the B market. So that's starting to at least stabilize us and, and stop the bleeding, stop the downside momentum. So you got a lot of things going there. Thirdly, last, um, there's been a lot of spread activities going on. The funds and big speculative traders uh, love trading spreads, meaning they have been short beans, long corn as a spread. They do that because they get a little more leverage. The margins are a little bit less. They can get almost all the bang of being just short beans. If they think beans are going lower, hey, let's, let's sell beans and buy corn or sell beans and buy wheat because we can put a bigger position on and not pay as much, um, not not have as much money tied up in margin. Uh, so there's some unwinding of those spreads and profit taking. And to unwind that, then you have to buy beans and sell wheat, or buy beans and sell corn. And that probably pulled us off the highs a little bit. In corn, uh, wheat was down 80. It didn't have much news going for it. So it's a very logical uh, day if you think about it. Double digit gains in beans, you know, loss in wheat, um, barely higher in corn. But you're seeing a lot of spread unwinding that's affecting prices. So now it's all about when are we going to get some news about trade? Hopefully, the sooner the better. We're about a dollar and eighty some cents cheaper than Brazil origin beans. This is comparing the Gulf to the uh, main ports in Brazil. Dollar and eighty cents, roughly. Um, if all of a sudden we get this trade thing figured out with China, they're going to start taking beans again. Then U.S. beans are underpriced now. Some of that can be ha- can be fixed in the cash market or basis, but it won't all be. Uh, my point is, beans. If we got news tonight, trade war is over. Uh, China is going to take our beans again. Then U.S. beans are probably at least a dollar underpriced, and they'll they'll respond higher in very short order if that happens. Still a big if at this point, uh, but at least there's more hope today than there was Friday that uh, the next six weeks we can get something accomplished, beneficial, on the trade front. So weather's still an issue. I drove to Kansas City this weekend. Western Illinois uh, is dry, needs rain. Crop looks phenomenally good, but it needs rain, or it's going to be going backwards. We're going to be shaving yield off of it. Uh, Missouri, across the interstate, or I guess Route 36, feels like an interstate because it's a, a... way better road than any interstate in Illinois, but it's just a state route in, in Missouri. That's a beautiful road. Um, it's bad. Uh, Missouri has problems, I, I think, that some of those fields look like uh, they got have half a crop coming even if it rains tomorrow. So they've been very, very dry in Missouri. Uh, dry elsewhere. Arkansas, parts of Kansas, parts of Indiana. Um, I mean, this thing is starting to you see the pockets pop up, then we're getting late enough that it, it, some of those areas probably aren't going to be full to t- potential, even if it does rain. And that's going to be part of the debate, you know, as it always is every year. Once combines roll, how good is a good area, how bad are the areas that have been missing rain, and what does it mean to final crop size? And we always debate that, usually till January in the final crop report, but uh, uh, that's all in the mix here as well as weather and production
1: potential so uh, a lot of things as usual mm-hmm. affecting us and uh, the market is just really hungry for news mm-hmm. positive news um, on the trade front so hopefully we can get that sooner rather later on friday you said that there was a uh, so last crop report came out on thursday they were saying around 174 was the bushels and you, you said you thought that the. They were probably trading somewhere in that one seventy six, one seventy seven range, right? What's the yeah, In
0: fact, the, the average estimate for last week's report, prior to that report, uh, was in the was kind of in the one seventy five, one seventy six range. So, I do I do think you never know this a hundred percent, but I really feel strongly the market was trading somewhere in that one seventy six, one seventy seven range. We have a spreadsheet, and, and I, I admittedly, our guess is as good as anyone's, or as bad as anyone's. We plug, we, we made a spreadsheet. We plug in uh, what the USDA says is the state-by-state acreage, and then we can play the what-if uh, game on state yields. And um, I, I was messing around with it this morning. I put a big, big number, uh, meaning like four or five bushels higher than the previous record in Iowa, like eight bushels higher than the previous record in Illinois. Um, I believe I had Nebraska at a record, and everywhere else, um, I put, um, I think a couple, like maybe Minnesota was as good as last year. And the other states, I put like five bushels less, which isn't a stretch, um, came up with about a 176.7. So in my mind, it's starting, and this is with a big, big number in Illinois, and I don't know if it's that big. I think there's areas that are way better. Um, I think Illinois is probably the best of the best this year. Uh, It will probably be the leader in corn yields. But my point with this is, it's even playing with the numbers and using some big, big state yields in some top corn-producing states. It's getting harder and harder, in my mind, to come up with something north of a 178, 179 crops. So, I think maybe this drier weather in pockets has shaved a little production off the top end. I think the market's starting to pick up on that. Again, this doesn't mean we're going to rally anytime soon, but... Maybe like today's action might indicate, or at least maybe that just is the worst of this. And could be talking about an early low. We've talked about that all along. I mean, I guess you could argue a July low. That would be a little bit rare. August lows are a little more common. I would have thought August. I guess we're only two weeks away from August. So uh, we're in that time frame, I guess, the early part of the time frame where we could be talking about a harvest low and maybe already gone a long way towards digesting the most bearish demand uh, trade news and the biggest crop size in corn. And, um, you know, that'd be a moral victory if uh, we don't have to go a whole lot lower. Even if we don't go lower, just stabilizing this thing would be uh, uh, brightening some moods, I think.
1: Right on. No, you're you're right. Some stability is what guys are looking for now, so. Well, Chip, we talk about it every week or every day, and you guys want to increase their ability to market their stuff at, with the least risk possible so how would how would they do that if they want to get a hold of you
0: well the that's way is just uh, start that process and call us 309-550-7213 i two one three. I'll love to chat with you and uh, kind of find out what your current plan is and how we might be able to, to better that we don't have all the answers but uh, you know everybody needs an extra set of eyes and ears whether it's us or somebody else it's a critical time frame
1: absolutely absolutely all right Chip, well, till tomorrow, uh, have a good one. We'll talk to you then. All right. Have a great night. All right. Thanks, Chip. Hello. And welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. I am joined with BAM weather meteorologist Kirk Hins. Kirk, uh, looks like there was some weather that came through, some moisture that might not have produced as much over the weekend as we thought, but sounds like this week's got some uh, little wet weather coming our way.
2: Yeah. I mean, some, de- some areas definitely, you know, Iowa, Illinois, some areas in. Mid- Kind of Missouri did pick up some Mustina rainfall, but like you said, many did stay drier. You know, we were a little bit suspect of kind of that widespread swath of a rainfall there, which just didn't pan out. So it's something that is concerning. Um, Good news is, is, you know, we're going to see a little bit cooler of a pattern relative to normal. Not, you know, we're not talking widespread 70s or anything like that, but cooler pattern than what it has been for the first half of July, kind of set in this week over the next seven to 10 days. And that will be also associated with some precipitation. Um, I think a lot of you know the areas that are really need it. You know, Missouri and Kansas still, jury is still out. Kind of that area, I think, can trend a little bit drier too as well. But uh, I think some good precipitation continues to still work in, in Nebraska, northern half of Iowa, southern Minnesota, South Dakota. Basically, the northern half and western half of the ag belt, I think, it's going to be pretty good here. So, good news for a lot. Uh, many of us, um, I do also think that the wet get wetter, though. You know, kind of that northeastern Nebraska, northwestern Iowa, southwestern Minnesota, that area just continues to see a relentless kind of rainfall pattern. and just don't really see that ending over the next two weeks. That's something certainly to watch.
1: How do areas like uh, Missouri, Arkansas, I know there's some dry weather down yeah. that way, and then you get over like, to Texas and Oklahoma, Kansas. How do those areas look that need, uh, need a little rainfall right now? Oh,
2: man, if we're in kind of Oklahoma, Arkansas, um, especially Texas, I mean, there is going to be a a super, super strong ridge over the next week. I mean, there could legit be zero inches of rain, unfortunately, for folks in that area, and we're going to be talking widespread 90s to 100s. So if I had to pick out an area where I think it's the high confidence of warm and dry, it's definitely going to be like southern Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and definitely Texas, kind of the southern plains for sure. Right.
1: How's the uh, tropical weather front? You know, we've got some stuff kind of off in the Atlantic right now, and you've got some stuff kind of kicking up in the Gulf. How does that look, and how do you think that's going to affect the uh, weather over the next couple weeks?
2: Yeah, overall, kind of the area that we watch in the central Atlantic is called the MDR, or the main development region. Um, The waters are warming, but right now they're overall cooler, which basically means that it's harder to generate, you know, some powerful storms out there that can turn into tropical storms. So the waters are warming, which means that we do need to watch those areas that could possibly, you know, sp- something into the eastern half of the, the kind of the grain belt there. But oh the overwhelmingly signal right now definitely isn't supportive for kind of widespread tropical risks. So uh, it is definitely something to keep an eye on, but I don't think it's a factor really that, you know, is, is going to play a huge Impact at least into July, August, and September. You know the tropical stuff really starts to pick up more. So maybe more so impacts there. But right now it's quiet.
1: Is the uh, Hurricane Prediction Center are they predicting uh, a stronger hurricane season than normal? Uh,
2: It's actually below normal.
1: Okay. So because of
2: that reasoning, the cooler waters it really Mm -hmm. makes it difficult to generate a lot of activity. With that being said. The Gulf of Mexico is very warm. So if you can get something to generate somewhere in that area, certainly could make its way up here with a lot of moisture. So it just has to cross kind of that central Atlantic, those cooler waters. If it can get in here, that is definitely something to watch.
1: Right on. All right, Kirk. Well, hey, man, we appreciate it. And uh, if folks want to get a hold of you and get get an idea of what you all are doing right now, what, uh, how would they do that?
2: Yeah, a couple ways. You can head on over to our website, bamwx.com, uh, slash contact us. We'd love to help you out. or you know We're always available on Twitter, um, bamwx.com is our Twitter handle. We'd love to message with you, and kind of we definitely would take care of you. All
1: right. Well, Kirk uh, Kirk hands with BAM Weather. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow, man, and have a good day. Well, I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, man. Yep.
0: Moving higher in the 21st century.